You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place we expect a ghost to like to walk around. Hey, we all know that we're going to die, baby. I'll help you. I'm something of a witch. Welcome to Misha Spooky. I'm your host, Kiki. JC is taking the week off. And with me is my very special guest, my magnificent, hot-ass husband, Keys. Say hi to the audience, baby. Yo. If you guys have been listening for a while, then you remember him from episode 11, where he gave us a brilliant performance of a man who really did not want to be on my podcast. (laughs) Funny, he's making his second appearance today. And I feel like that he's going to give a very similar performance. (laughs) Spooksters, we just recently added another podcast to our repertoire. I guess that's what we call it. Uh, We're insane. It is called Pod of Holding. And that's where we're going to talk about all kinds of nerd shit. So we don't have to regale you guys with nerd shit on here necessarily. Jack of all trades, master of none. Thank you. I I appreciate the vote of confidence there from my husband. Yeah, stimulus checks finally got here. That was a big deal. If you've been following us on Twitter, then you know that uh, Kiki has got her stimulus check, baby. Government tried to take our money. <laughs> Government came and gave my money. Um, so we're uh, we're gonna make well, we'll be making some upgrades that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, so quarantine has basically left us with just getting completely drunk all the time because alcohol is readily available. Meat is not. That's what I forgot. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Meat is not readily available, but alcohol is delivered directly to your door now in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Yay, Commonwealth. What else do we have? Oh, we had some, I would say, we're going to give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back for our Access BC commercial that I'm I'm just really happy that Access BC was extremely happy with our commercial that we did uh, in the last episode for where we, we left the States for a little bit and we went into British Columbia with some spooky stuff. Yeah, so nothing else is really uh, going on because JC is not here to make up stuff. And my husband just looks like he's had enough already. Wow, man, five minutes. We're like less than five. We're five minutes and 48 seconds in and you're already like, I'm done. Yeah, but a lot of what we've already recorded is going to be edited, so... Yeah, right. Really. It's really just three minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> prime prime content here. This is the segment that we call Random Chatter, where we just talk about random things that have happened. So feel free to add anything in that you want that you think the audience would be interested in listening to. The next segment. <laughs> God damn. It is almost exactly like having JC here. It's nuts. All right, well, we're going to take a moment for a sponsor, and when we get back, we're going to talk about the heist of the Dowager Empress Crystal Ball. Another episode about balls? What do you mean another episode about balls? I feel like I've heard at least one episode about balls. 
Darling, I know for a fact that you haven't listened to any of the upper, other episodes. And like, I think you're... That's not true. Seven down by I've now. I've listened to at least, let's see, the first seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Then skipped a couple. <laughs> then I've I've probably heard about 15 or 16 of your episodes. So Maybe for, a little more. For my friends, my other podcast friends, women who are also married and have children and we're joking about... How they kind of wanted to see the other side of the mic, right? In this particular episode, they're like, yeah, 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 bring your husband back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let me do that. Let me bring my husband back. (laughs) Guys, he doesn't even listen to the podcast in the regular. It's kind of funny. Hey, everybody. My name is Trev Allen, and I am the host of the Struggling Artist Podcast. The best way to describe the Struggling Artist Podcast is just a conversation. My guests are from all walk of life, creators and non-creators, it doesn't matter, business owners, you know, or just regular workers, and we just sit down and we just chop it up, talk about life, struggles, and things that interest us. The podcast is available on all podcast platforms, so whatever one you're comfortable using, we should be there, and if we're not, let us know. You can reach out to us on Twitter, at Podcast TSA, or email if you want to be a guest on the show. The struggling artist podcast at gmail.com. I mean, the podcast is just a lot of fun, and I couldn't do it without these amazing guests that I have on that are so passionate about whatever it is that they're talking about. And so I want to thank them for that. I want to thank the listeners because if I didn't have you guys, then you know, podcast would be nothing. So again, check us out, the struggling artist podcast. We drop on Fridays. We'll talk to you later. In the Harris Rotunda within the prestigious Penn University Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology, sits a 55-pound transparent quartz crystal ball. Its provenience is supposedly traced back to the Dowager Empress Shi Zi, a concubine of Emperor Zhang Feng. She ruled the Chinese government during the late Manchu dynasty for 47 years. After her death, her belongings were dispersed, one of those rumored to be a crystal ball much like the one on display. Did you say a crystal skull? I did not. Oh, God damn it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so you listened to that episode. There there you go. <laughs> That's what it was. It's like you get really pissed off and be like, it's not a crystal. Crystal skulls are bullshit. <sighs> what we know to be true about the crystal ball is that it was purchased in Shanghai through Wanamakers in Philadelphia. And I was able to find that Wanamaker would hire people to travel the world in search of interesting antiques to send back to the Philly store. There was a woman who was hired when she was very young and she had this job where he just had to travel the world. Her granddaughter was saying about how amazing the stories were that that she would bring back. So imagine being a young woman getting to travel all over the world looking for antiques to send back to the States because like I'm pretty sure that's kind of my dream job. Really? Yeah. Eldridge R. Johnson, the founder of Victor Talking Machine Company. You guys probably know Victrola, saw the piece in Wanamaker's Far East shop, which again is so kind of weird to me to think of that Wanamaker's had antiques in it and that there were specific areas where like, for example, the Far East shop. You and I have been to Wanamaker's. You know where I'm talking about, right? That beautiful building downtown mm-hmm. has the organ in it. It's gorgeous. So he sees this crystal ball in the shop and he offers to purchase it for the Penn Museum for then museum director G.B. Gordon. Now, G.B. thought the price was too high, $50,000. A little bit of trivia here. That is 
close to $736 million in today's money. It's a chunk of change. Yeah, for a crystal ball. So GB probably wasn't off the mark when he was looking at at Eldridge being like, are you... at actual crystal? It's quartz. Mm. Yes, a quartz crystal. How big? 55 pounds. That's big. Yeah. It's a giant ball. <laughs> it's a big ball. Yeah. Mine are bigger. <laughs> I can attest to the fact that they're not. So. <laughs> Figuratively speaking, yes, they are. Wait. Um, yeah, no. No. Not. Mm. I would be taking you to the hospital with a major speaking, problem. They are. Yes, possibly. Humongous. Okay. Anyway, Eldridge was like, okay, fine. Eldridge Blast. Eldridge. Oh, God. No, that's the wrong podcast, sweetheart. That's the next one. So Eldridge is like, no. Eldridge Blast. It's fine. I won't buy it for you. But unfortunately, GB died later on that month, quite unexpectedly. And so Eldridge is like. Did he touch the crystal? No. Mm. He hadn't bought it for him. Well, you could have touched it. You like the mummy's curse? Yeah, which is also fake. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, it's, it is. I could get into a whole episode on that, but we're not going to do Agree that right now. Agree to disagree. Because it doesn't directly relate to Pennsylvania. Well, Eldridge is so upset that his friend has passed away. Suddenly, Indirectly, it kind of relates to Pennsylvania. Because oh a God. very opinionated This is the worst mistake I've ever made. Who lives in the same house as me... <laughs> Uh, thinks that the curse is fake. So technically, I don't think it is. is. I know it is. Just be quiet. I digress. Yeah. So Eldridge is upset that his friend has died suddenly. And Eldridge blast in memory of him. He purchases this crystal ball for the $50,000 and donates it to the museum. So a couple things to note, because you had a question about again, was it made out of what, what is it made out of? The crystal ball is shaped into a sphere through years of constant turning in a semi-cylindrical container filled with garnet powder. And then they use emery and water to get this finish on it. And I just think about how tedious that is and how long that it took. And then how sometimes I forget to feed the fish. So kudos to those oh, people. That bastard's still swimming around. Hey, he's all right. Yeah. Red's doing good. Um, when you gaze into the crystal ball it will show your image upside down and a photo from the original wanamaker catalog shows a different stand than the one that it currently resides on the current stand was produced in japan and represents a wave that's made in silver it's absolutely beautiful it is believed to be the third largest crystal sphere in the world the diameter is 25.4 centimeters and only the spheres from the muse- uh, from the smithsonian which is 32.7, and in the Crow collection in Dallas is 28.9. They're the largest. And Philadelphia also has the fourth largest sphere, and that's in the uh, Philadelphia Museum of Art in the Eastern Art section. And that one is also from China, circa 19th, early 20th century, and also has a base made in Japan that resembles a breaking wave. So, very pretty. So Why the breaking wave motif? I believe that was and, what was popular at the time. And how far apart were these created that they well, had the same stand? Right. It's difficult to say. The thing is that the Wanam- the original Wanamaker stand it was had been missing for ages. And it was replaced with the Japanese Breaking Wave stand. So it's very possible that the Japanese stands 
the motif itself of the breaking wave was very popular in the 19th and early 20th century. So that's what they just replaced it with. Still cool, though. Still beautiful. I looked up the Smithsonian Institute. You can take a look at the stand that that crystal ball is on. And it's very different. It still has sort of water and there are some look like fish coming up out of it. So there is sort of a difference there from maybe the original stand into, you know, what it is now. But let's talk about the heist because. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot there was a heist. (laughs) That's really what this is all about. (laughs) Oh, and gosh darn it. So this falls under a peculiar Pennsylvania episode, not a PA haunt. There's no haunting going on here. It's just sort of a weird thing that happened. By the way. Happy Hour Gets Weird, which is one of our favorite podcasts, has a whole episode on Just Heist, which was really freaking cool. And that one aired on April 22nd. So if you're going to go down the list for Happy Hour Gets Weird, that's where it's going to be in April issues. Let me guess. The mastermind of this heist was Danny Ocean. No. Damn. You're going to be highly disappointed. Already. (laughs) You were disappointed before you started recording, so let's let's just get that straight, okay? Mm. All right, so on November 10th in 1988. 88. It could have been Danny Ocean. (laughs) Could have been me. I was old enough to go in there and steal Mm. the damn thing. In 1988, the security system of the museum was undergoing repairs. The next morning, not only was the crystal ball and the base missing, so was a 5,000-year-old bronze statue of Osiris, which, by the way, that is object number E14285 in the current collection. If you would like to go online and look it up, I will have that link in there, too, because it's a really cool statue. And I was super proud of myself. So it's been recovered. I was super proud of myself because when I was looking for the statue, what it looked like, I was able to find a photograph of, of what it looked like from the collection, so... Well, I mean, and I got it, it right, it has too. a collection number, then it has It, it would have had a collection number even oh. if it was missing. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. All Stick right. with me, baby. Go ahead. Museum studies. Apparently, the statue was used to bust open the glass container holding the crystal ball. Wait, what What was used? The statue itself. So it was a twofer. Uh. They, they looked for the first thing that looked like it was going to bust open the case for where the crystal ball was. And that is how both items got stolen. Egyptian gold, baby. It was bronze. Egyptian bronze, baby. (laughs) There were no clues whatsoever, completely baffling Philadelphia police and the FBI. Museum authorities came to the conclusion that it was an amateur, and perhaps they had just inside info on the system being turned off, and they got completely lucky. So uh, they rolled a 20. (laughs) Much like I did last night to open a safe that had how many? What was in there? I promise not to Wrong talk about podcast. I know. I promise not to talk about nurse stuff, but I'm still kind of jazzed up about that. Guys, it was a 34 and I fucking did it. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. Shh, don't tell anybody. And I didn't fall out the window. I did, however, fall no, she inside did fall the window. Inside the window. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh, guys. Yeah. So you can head on over to I'm, Pod of Holding if you want to hear more about that story. Anyway, um, Come so on. I'm going to be a special guest on another sh- podcast right after this. Let's, right, because let's you're going to be moving. a special guest on Pot of Holding, too. All right, so they really believe these were just amateurs who got super, super lucky. The next day, the student found the base of the crystal ball while they were walking across the South Street Bridge 
And um, after that, the two pieces, though, remained missing for three years. So they only did recover that, that base that was not the original anyway, but still, you know, still valuable. One day, archaeologist Jess Canby, who I've got to do a story on Jess Canby. She is an amazing archaeologist that is probably very little known. And I wasn't even sure who she was until this episode. She'd been working for the Penn Museum, and that is the reason why she immediately recognized the Osiris statue sitting in an antique place down on South Street. And knowing the geography of the place, since the student found the bronze or the found the base on the South Street Bridge, I would assume that the first place that the police and FBI would have looked was all of the little shops along the way. I want to say they absolutely did. I'll get to that in a minute because there's a book about it. Anyway, she knew her stuff. She was amazing and actually corrected the Penn Museum's mistakes on the Or-Namu stele, which involved British archaeologist Leonard Woolley. And I just have to say, oh boy, man, we went to school and we learned about Leonard Woolley and how great he was. But this one, he really screwed the pooch on and rebuilt the stele just so he could publish his paper faster. So guys, man. Wait, once again, we had a woman archaeologist correcting a man's mistakes. I guess that's the moral of that particular story. But anyway, Jess knew her stuff and she was a spitfire. So she immediately contacts the museum director and says, look, the the Osiris statue is down here. Okay, so at least we can recover this. Please call, you know, call the FBI, call the police, etc. So the FBI send over Robert Whitman, who was the creator of the FBI's art crime team and his partner, Robert Bazin. And by the way, Whitman goes into detail in this in his book called Priceless, which I highly recommend. And some of the information I'm getting here is directly from Whitman himself. So Whitman and Bazin were excited because they've been working this case from the beginning. Like I said, they had no leads until now. They head over to the shop and they kind of shake down the proprietor who was kind of willing, more than willing to help out because he was upset that someone had given him something that was so priceless and you know, he tells him Al the trash picker, who was a homeless guy, gave him the statue and that he had given him $30 for it. So Al's pretty easy to find. He's out trash picking on South Street. Let me guess. The thief ditched the statue, but kept the ball. And Al, the trash collector, digs it out of the trash and sells it for money. Well, you're not far off. But this has been three years. So, because wait until you hear the end of the story. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, nobody really got anything out of this except Al got 30 bucks. Al is extremely helpful. He says, uh, yeah, I got this from a guy named Larry who lives down around the corner from here. Of course, Whitman and Basin are like, oh, really? So you didn't actually pick it out of the trash? Not... Not really, no. The guy was letting me have some stuff out of his garage that he was going to get rid of. So they go down and talk to Larry. And here's where things get a little weird. They're not very impressed with Larry's story. Whitman, with all of his knowledge and in in his book, basically gives you the impression that he's like, I don't believe this guy when he's telling me that he bought the house and there was just stuff down here. It, It was a little bit flimsy. And then when he was asking about were there any other objects with the statue, he didn't really want to say yes or no. He hemmed and hawed and was like, 
let me think about it and actually left the room for a while as if he were maybe a little scared (laughs) that he was going to get busted big time. Well, Whitman being an awesome FBI agent, he he's like, we're going to play good cop, bad cop. We're going to scare him a little bit, but we're going to try to reel him back in because at this point it's been three years and let's face it. All we want to do is get the shit back. We don't have enough evidence to even charge this dude anyway. Cause it's so, so it's in his house. What does, what difference does that make? We need to get a hold of it regardless. Cause we need fingerprints or anything else is on. If we can recover anything, then we might have a case. So finally, Larry says there was a crystal ball with the statue, but he gave it to his old housekeeper as a gift because she was quote into magic and joked around that she was a good witch. <laughs> so that sounds familiar. <laughs> I don't know any good witches. No. no, just kidding. Shut up. So they head on over to the to her house. And it was kind of funny because the guys were expecting this like old cronish woman to come out and said this like really beautiful, like 30 something blonde answers the door. And they're like, oh, are you, you know, are you so-and-so? And then, you know, she's like, yes. How can I help you? Oh, well, Larry said that he gave you a crystal ball as a gift and she jokes about it and is like, yeah, um, She'd had it apparently in the window for a while or near one of the big bay windows where the sunlight came in. And it was it almost set fire to something because she wasn't thinking about how intense it would be. The sunlight coming yeah, through this crystal ball. Crystal. Right? Yeah. Yes. So her husband is like, you got to take that and put it somewhere else. It was in her room and her husband would hang his hats on it. And one of the reasons was because he wanted to keep it covered. So that sunlight wouldn't hit it and cause a fire. (laughs) And when she found out that what she had in her possession was most likely the Dowager Empress crystal ball from the Penn Museum, she gladly gave it back (laughs) with no problems. (laughs) And this is why professional thieves say they would rather steal a million hubcaps than something priceless because they can't make any money on it. They can't get rid of it. They can't get rid of it. Everybody Unless you're knew like about it. A it was high all... end thief with major connections, you're stuck with a doorstop. Yeah. And it sounds like the, 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 these were amateurs. Yeah. And couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder that if they tried to sell it, like someone would have been like. This is a 5,000 like, year old bronze off, statue from Egypt. Like. <laughs> You know, let me let me contact someone because I'm this person's trying to sell me this 55 pound quartz crystal. Like it's got to be of some importance. Yeah, yeah. So, but nobody raised any flags. So then right. it makes you wonder, the like, yeah. And was even, it like a theft of opportunity? They worked in the museum and they were like, "Ooh." I think it was somebody who at least had a connection to the museum in some way to know that the alarm systems were going to be off that particular well, now night. I'm intrigued because Larry says it was in his house that he bought. Did they check to see? He made up other stories too. So it wasn't, yeah, I, I want people like, to read the book. I'm not going to give all that yeah. away. They want the details. I'm going to leave that up to read priceless because it really is an amazing story. And it's not just about the Dowager Prince, uh, Empress crystal ball. He goes into detail about other art theft the fbi so do they have any idea 
who nope. took it. Not to this. Nope. Not even to this day because did, did, there did, were never they were never able to retrieve any fingerprints off of either object, and who exactly stole it is still a mystery. Uh, although, like I said in the book, Whitman and Bazin kind of believe that Larry might have had either something to do with it or knew the person. But like I said, there's no point in pressing the issue because they didn't have any evidence and they were just lucky that he decided to tell them where the crystal ball was because up to that point, they could search the rest of his house for it because they would have had probable cause because he was admitting that the statue was in the house, right? But then they still wouldn't have found it and he could have just shut up about it and been like, see, I told you there's no ball here. And then they would have never recovered it. So they did the right thing to get both things back undamaged dude uh so there you have it the dowager empress crystal ball heist and recovery and when everything opens back up i suggest you go down and see it because it's really beautiful and like i said i did give you the item number for Osteosiris statue and the crystal ball is available to be viewed online at the pen museum website i was waiting for the spooky story that's related to it i just told you in the beginning of this that there was no spooky story related to this this is a peculiar pennsylvania weird thing that happened uh, okay we cover those two we just cover weird stuff sometimes <laughs> you did not listen no to anything i said no oh my god it is exactly like being with my other idiot <laughs> can i go now no all right we're gonna take a break for our musical guest she is angela french with her song you think you know you can find angela's music on spotify right now and we've also recommended a duet with angela and our friend rob wissenhunt and that is also on spotify and that's called wedding of one and i have shared that before but i'll share it again when we get back spooky squad news If you want to join the squad, head on over to patreon.com slash mission spooky. We have tiers at the one and five dollar levels. One single buck gets you a shout out on the cast and access to our boober reels, which apparently I'll have more of with keys in it. Our new five dollar level will get you access to our movie reviews. And those uh, are started this month, actually. We'll have one out before the end of May. You can send your PA or New Jersey based ghost stories to mission spooky podcast, all one word at gmail.com. New Jersey doesn't exist. Feel free to email us questions or comments or any other previous episodes. 
If you're a PA New Jersey or Delaware band and own your own music and you'd like to be featured on the podcast like Angela, please feel free to contact us through private message on Instagram or Twitter. You're going to get me and you can email us directly at that mission spooky podcast at gmail.com. Welcome some of our brand new guys. I cannot wait to play some of this music that we have coming out soon been reaching out to different bands specifically in Pittsburgh I don't know why but man Pittsburgh's got tons and tons of new music that I absolutely love you can find all of our musical guest songs on Spotify by searching for Mission Spooky 2020 and the search bar and we are continually adding to that list Angela's song will be on there later on today you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mission Spooky and now at our Facebook page which JC rules with a club foot good enough Don't forget to rate and review us on, uh, you know what? I'm just going to say it, guys. Screw iTunes, man. No offense. And I don't mean like screw them as in don't listen to us on iTunes. No, no, no. You're fine. But I have had the worst time this week just trying to review podcasts that I listen to on the daily and I want people to know that they're really good. That program, because I don't own an Apple anything, The program continually kicks me out and I keep having to re-sign in and it's really making me angry. So I have tried very much, especially for people who we have promos for and people who we follow, I've tried to get you guys' rates out there and reviews and it just won't let me do it. And I'm hearing the same thing from other podcasts too, where they're saying, you know what, we reviewed you guys months ago on iTunes because we do listen to you. And I just want to let you know, like it never showed up. So I don't know what the heck is going on with iTunes, but um, Podchaser, please review us on Podchaser and, and rate us there. It's a lot faster. The program works really well. I don't have any problems with it. And I was able to review a whole bunch of podcasts that I really, really enjoy and I want people to know about. So anyway, taking us out again today is Angela French with her song, You Think You Know. Again, that can be found on Spotify and will be part of our Mission Spooky Spotify list so just remember stay spooky and don't die but if you do contact us on netscape excuse me this night